the holidays coming up and uh why would you surprise your loved one with a premium quality pair of headphones studio studio got you covered and you can get 15 percent off your already affordable headphones by using the promo code rob15 that's rob15 so go to studio.com and use the promo code rob15 and get your 15 percent off your headphones i done said that like three times in a row so it should stick and resonate in your brain that you need to go to studio.com and find you a good quality pair of headphones and get that additional 15 percent off What up, everybody? This your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rams with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. And if you're a first time listener, I'd like to also thank you so much for giving my show a chance and giving me your time to verbally abuse your ear holes. Um, some other show notes. Uh, I also do an additional podcast called wrestling is trash so if you like to get a little bit of dose of a wrestling commentary you can just find that on itunes and stitcher and all those other places that you listen to podcasts and um be a part of the show there's many ways you can do so one is by following uh wrestling is trash on twitter at wrestling b trash I only put B in there because is made the um, tag too long for Twitter and it wouldn't accept the one more letter. So I went with B instead of is. Yeah. Make me sound intelligent. Right. So anyway, as per always, except for the rare occasion when I do voicemail editions or Mrs. B Rob decides to come on for my birthday or whatnot. Um, I have a guest and my guest is a writer, an actor, a comedian, uh, com- uh, com- uh, comedy connoisseur, if you would. My guest with me for this edition of the show is Amy Lyle. How are you doing, ma'am? Uh, Rob, I'm doing so great. And I was listening to your intro. We have so much in common with the offending, the ear holes, and you like to comment, you know, do commentary on wrestling. I like to do commentary on bowling and like um, cornhole here in the suburbs. Oh, man. I haven't played cornhole in so long. And just so we can be. Um, little you know informational for listeners we're not talking about cornhole in the sexual sense it's like a board game with the bean bags and they got a hole and you got to throw it in the hole it's i mean no i can do commentary on either (laughs) i'm I'm totally kidding i don't even know what you were referencing (laughs) well um this is almost uh what i think they call cornholing the same as like um the act of pegging so Mm. that's Mm. what that's a that's a that's a podcast for another day yeah, yeah, because I mean, I've yeah. he- I've heard of that cornhole before I heard of the game cornhole. Well, I'm from Ohio. We're the queen, you know, we're the king of corn. So we had cornhole, you know, for a long time. Yeah, it's because it's not really a, a sport, but it's so funny because the men take it so seriously. And yeah. so my girlfriend, Jennifer, and I uh, quietly do commentary. It's it's so funny, you know, like, look at the flip of the wrist. He's taking a deep breath, bending his knees. You know, it's just ridiculous because it's not really a sport it's especially when you get like the team um set you get two uh two on two going uh, i've been in some heated cornhole games to where you know it almost came to blows i mean we tossed no we, we have a league here what? we have a cornhole league oh no like you go and there's 
20 boards out. It's hilarious. It's so great for our neighborhood. We live in this neighborhood that has uh, a microbrewery and, you know, like a taco place and a it's so it's really fun because all the you know ice cream place so all the vendors come out and it, it is fun and the kids run around but it's just such it's it's funny because to your point they take it so seriously yeah that, I'm pretty sure they go, go out there with like they um pretty much like how you talking about bowlers do they go out there with a little uh, <laughs> wrist splints and everything they collar oh shirts. yeah they're warming up <laughs> doing deep knee thrust and bends exactly and, exactly, exactly. getting in a huddle praying you know all of it yeah. I, I, I can't even remember the last time I played cornhole. I'm at a, get me a set. I've never played. What? I just do the you commentary. Just did the commentary. Yeah. See that that and since you do the commentary, I feel that you need to get some experience doing it. That way, you can be a better commentator. <laughs> I'll be like, that's that's harder than it looks. That's that's a hard. Woo, ooh, that's a difficult shot. Yes, yes. Remember, Jen, last Thursday when I got that missed it by one point yeah exactly. okay i'll do it i'll take some lessons <laughs> uh oh oh man you need to video those i like to see that commentary oh be careful what you ask for it's, i will be coming your way sweet <laughs> <laughs> but um amongst the many before i even get ahead of myself uh you uh said something just now that kind of buzzed my ears you talking about the microbrewery over there in the taco and where are you from in uh ohio you said they're uh, prone to uh, moonshine and dag on uh, <laughs> the occasional violence. Violence. Yeah, violence and moonshine. I am from a really small, poor town. It's a really beautiful town. It was, it's a lot of Victorian homes. There was a lot of money there back at the turn of the century. Um, but now it's uh, factories on the river. But it's a, it's a pretty town. It's Marietta, Ohio. And it's across the river from uh, West Virginia. So it's literally in the heart of Appalachia. Sweet. Uh, no, it's not sweet. <laughs> it's really poor. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's really beautiful, though. I mean, we weren't poor. My dad worked for the phone company, mm-hmm. you know, so we were like, you know, solid, you know, whatever, middle. We were, we were middle America. Um, but it's a really pretty town. Like the streets are brick. There's still brick streets there. I can um, imagine, you know, that your father's probably retired now, right? You're not going to believe this, but my dad is 77 and he has always worked like 60 hours a week and he still does so. He's like, doesn't need the money. He just doesn't have any hobbies. Yeah, just to keep it going. So, I mean, with him Mm -hmm. working for the phone company for so long, did you have the new hip and trendy technology and everything? Oh, yes. I had like, you know, I'm. I'm older than you, but you know, back in high school, I had like the trim line. It was blue. You picked it up and the, and the buttons lit up. Oh, and we had no. phones everywhere. The garage <laughs> had a phone. <laughs> we had a little barn in the back for like the lawnmower. It had a phone. Everything had a phone. Golly. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. only imagine that though. Cause I mean, your pops work for the phone company. So why wouldn't you have? <laughs> exactly. It was available. Like, so how did that affect business, you know, from what you was able to see to when, you know, they started going cellular and everything with cell phones and all kinds of stuff like that? Well, I, I um, was in college before all the cell phone stuff started. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I graduated from uh, college and well, I'm not, I'm not even going to tell you when that happened. But anyway, they didn't, I didn't have a cell phone. And so I was out of college. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but my dad works, so he still does a lot of, um, he's like a land WAN guy, if you know what that is. It's, he's like a network administrator okay. kind of guy, and he has a, a crew that works under him. But anyway, so he does a lot of um, stuff in those factories every day. Man, that's crazy. I mean, I'm not, 
um, because like you said, your dad's like seventy seven. My my dad is eighty six. Oh wow! And he he's I mean uh what what on yeah I'm no he's eighty seven he just turned eighty seven so now he's still out there willing and dealing too driving he just <laughs> he just brought him a new truck and everything you think he's the shit now? <laughs> oh yeah, my dad um recently took a trip to Israel. He's been single since his, uh, my mother divorced when they got divorced when I was 11. So, you know, they've been single for, you know, years and years. And he was, um, kind of chasing some woman and she was going on a church trip to Israel. Mm -hmm. And so he went to Israel chasing after this woman and he comes back and he never hooked up with her. And I was like, dad, how did you like, um, Israel? And he's like, wow, it was interesting. He's like, but all they talk about is like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, it, it is the area for that. You were on a church trip. Yeah. It's like, it's man, they didn't have any phones I can hook up. Ah, <laughs> yeah, oh, parents are funny. Oh, yeah. Um, my dad think he's still a youngster or whatever. He, he, I come home and to visit everything. He's like, you want to go to the bar, get some drinks? I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, pop, I just literally walked in the house like five minutes ago and it's like, one in the afternoon. <laughs> yes. I will go to the bar with my dad and um, we only have a couple bars in my hometown. The one that I we would go to is like the townhouse. But the bar that I went to in high school, which, you know, is totally illegal, but we all had fake IDs. It was called Little John's. But yeah, the whole everybody called it Little Kids because there were nobody was 21 that was in the bar. It was just high schoolers. I mean, so everybody called it little kids, but it was really little Johns. I mean, I can get away with stuff like that in a little bit of towns like that. But yeah, I don't think so anymore. No, no, But no. yes, we got away with it. I don't know, because everybody's easily offended now and to be like, <gasps> you dare bring your young ass in my damn establishment. I'm going to write your congressman and get you fired from a job that you probably don't even have, but you might be thinking about getting. <laughs> they would shut you down. I know. I'm gonna, You would be arrested. Yeah, for sure. Put you on freaking Twitter lockdown. You can't tweet. No. Can't tweet. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> that would break little kids' hearts today, wouldn't it? High school, if you took away Instagram and all their social media. That's a good punishment. We do. We have four kids, so we, we do punish them that way. We take away their, their technology. Yeah, I, I learned that later on because I have three kids. And um, what I felt like was the worst punishment that I could do to them is take away the thing that they enjoy the most. Right. So like my son likes to play video games, pretty much any electronics. So he acting up, getting out of line, all the electronics are gone. I know. I think that's a very good consequence. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. Why should you be rewarded for, you know, getting out of line? Exactly. We're on the same page. Let's, let's have kids that are not brats. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the same page, uh, or pages, I must say, uh, author how many books yes. have you written and you got a book coming out soon right well i have a book coming out called the book of failures and um this is kind of exciting i don't know if you know who like david sedaris or trevor noah or jenny lawson or tina fey or jim gaffigan or amy poehler or amy schumer or chelsea handler but all those comedians mm-hmm. my book um last month in october hit number one in four categories on amazon and it was number one above all of those comedians what? yes very exciting it's a funny memoir it's really funny and it's just about kids and relationships and getting fired and you know just like you got to get up again right it's yeah. Everybody has disaster. You got to get up one more day. And then my new book, as you mentioned, it's called We're All a Mess. It's okay. And it's a collection of disasters from 
from friends and complete strangers. And that is uh, coming out Thursday. Oh, this Thursday as we record. Yeah. As we record, it'll be out Thursday. Sweet. So I know I'm so excited. So November the 8th, uh, make sure y'all get that. This will be out after the fact. So if you hadn't already got it, make sure you go back and get it. (laughs) That's right. It's good. It's really funny. I mean, it'll, it'll make you feel the reviews, um, have been really great. It's like, it, it'll make you feel better about your life. It'll make you feel better about your parenting and your, your relationships and your job. You'll be like, wait a minute, you know, I'm okay. You know, look what's going on in these other people's lives. I think with social media, people put so much, you know, their best day, they put their best day on social media, but really that's not what happened yesterday. I mean, they were totally losing it the day before. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I completely understand that. I mean, do you think that is the crux of having social media and everything that nobody is real per se? Um, well, I'm not really surrounded by that that much. When I was launching the first book over a year ago, it launched uh, last May. Every Friday, I would put um, a hashtag Friday fail. And I would put a failure of my own. And I would put like, if I colored my hair, my roots, and they turned out like disastrous, I'd take a picture and put it up there. So I was like, no holds bar, you know, on my disasters. And then at the end of the post, every Friday, I would say, how was your week? And sometimes I would get a hundred replies and they'd be so funny. Um, and so that helped me actually write the second book cause I had this giant collection. And so it, it's kind of like my circle of friends. Now they're so, so used to the book of failures that they'll actually tag me. They'll be like, Amy, it's only Tuesday, but here's my Friday fail. And then they'll <laughs> tag me with their failure. And so I think, and you know, when everybody comments, they're like, Oh my gosh, this made my day. I was having a bad day and this made me feel better. And, um, they're just so funny. I mean, some of them are long, you know, longer stories. I mean, nothing in my book is very long, like three pages might be cause they're essays. Mm-hmm. And then it's, um, scattered in there are a lot of one liners like this, uh, one woman I was asking about holiday fails and she goes, well, this morning I was at work and this woman's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to this ugly sweater party. I love your ugly sweater. Where'd you get it? And my girlfriend, Angie's like, this is just one of my regular sweaters. Oh, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. So, you know, there's just stuff like that. The first story in the book is, um, by my friend Kim Banta. And um, she's an actress and comedian in Atlanta. And she wrote this story. It's so funny. Well, she didn't write the story. She told me the story and then I wrote the story. But she told me the story where she was in high school and she was dating like this um, super hot guy, but nobody really knew he was hot because he had like the full like um, orthodontic gear. And he oh, yeah. just he had just come off the full orthodontic gear. But, you know, so his hotness hadn't caught up to what he really was. And he came from this like super rich family and the nicest, you know, home in her neighborhood or, you know, in her town or whatever. And so she was going on dates. So her parents, you know, dropped her off that, you know, they had dinner and she's like, I don't know what was happening, but the woman, she must've like looked up, you know, what foods make you gassy. She's like, it was like broccoli and onions and you know, all this beans, you know, all this food that makes you gassy. And so they watched a movie and she's like, I thought I was going to explode. So when she was, she's like, um, they're like, okay, you have to go, you know, home now. She's like, okay, excuse me. I'm just going to go, um, wash my hands. And then this big, beautiful, you know, old home with old plumbing. 
and um, no fan, no window, you know, no, no nothing. And so she went in there. So she was flushing the toilet, flushing the toilet, flushing the toilet. And um, the toilet started to overflow. And she thought they'd be outside and she could hear the guy's dad being like, oh my gosh, the toilet's overflowing. The toilet's overflowing. They're like knocking on the door. And meanwhile, a poo is like floating on the top. And she's like, there was no trash can. There was no window. And they were were knocking on the door. She goes, so I grabbed the poo and I put it in my purse. (laughs) (laughs) And some people might be like, I would never do that. But like a high school girl, you would rather die then let somebody know that you pooped. I mean, you would rather die. And then she goes, and then they had to take me home. And she goes, you may ask how long it took, you know, took for a fresh poo to stink up a car. And the answer is immediately. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I would have threw that bag out. I was just like, as soon as we, uh, I'm sure she did. No, I'm talking about immediately. Like as soon as we broke her, the seal of the house. Handbag? Yeah. As soon as we broke the seal of the house, I, that bag is gone. <laughs> oh sure. Yeah. As soon as she gets back home. Sure. Sure. Um, so that's probably the grossest story. I opened with that because I thought, you know, if people can take that, they can take the rest of the book. Well, I, I, um, I feel compelled since we are talking about poo to, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. to, to, to dispel one of my, my fails. Oh, gosh. OK. Um, you know, you, you can take this for a future book or you can just put it in the old uh, memory bank here. <laughs> um, I told it maybe once or twice on the show, but that was probably a year or probably well over two years ago. Um, but I was on deployment in, uh, Iraq. I think, I think it was, uh, my first deploy. Yeah, it was my first deployment and, um, I'm transportation. So I drive the stuff to places they need to go and people where they need to go and all this stuff. So, um, we first went into Iraq, um, after president Bush gave us the order and for 72 hours straight, basically we were just driving, bringing things to places and all this other stuff. So whenever we had the opportunity to take a break, that would be, you know, whenever you would do your sweeps and everything, you check around, make sure nothing's, you know, dangerous around you and everything. Then this would be the time you can quickly, you know, change your Go shirt. To the potty. Yeah, sure. yeah. Change your shirt, scarf some food down real quick. Use the bathroom if you need to. So me in my position, this is a two part story. I would, jump down off my truck and I would check the three vehicles behind me and every single time I would we would stop and I would go check the truck immediately behind me it was Lance Corporal Dudley he was crocked over in the middle of the road or on side of his truck somewhere pants down in the squatting position taking the shit <laughs> every time I would see his bare white ass every time <laughs> gross that's yeah. gross so, um, but thank you for your service and that gentleman as well. <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go. Thank you for your support. So, um, <laughs> me, I wasn't, um, as willing to bear my ass to take a poo. I had, um, a bigger truck. And Cause I, you were raised properly. That's why. <laughs> yeah. I want nobody to see my ass and balls hanging out. <laughs> exactly. Oh my um, I had, uh, three 55 gallon barrels in the back of my truck with like oils and whatever it is. So I put them together in like a triangle shape and I put a box on the top of the barrels and I have my like my little rain poncho type deal and I will put it in between the boxes and I will sit in between the barrels and throw the poncho over the top so it's like my own little porta potty nobody see because you're a gentleman that's why yeah nobody see me take a poop and everything so (laughs) that's how I would do then I tie it off in a bag and I throw it on the side of the road 
Oh my goodness. Well, the, the, the book, that's the only poo story in the book, just so people know. That's it. That's it. The other, the other stories are not about that. They're, you know, bad, hilarious, like internet dating. Like one woman was dating someone and, you know, they're talking back and forth for like over a month before they met. And she meets him and he has an eye patch and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, what happened? And he's like, I just have this on to be edgy. What? And she's like, oh, okay. Don't, you know, she just thought it was kind of funny or whatever. And then they went on two more dates and like, um, he had like the next date he had a carpal tunnel thing on. And then the last date, she's, she's like, that's not funny. Don't do that anymore. He had like a full on air cast. What? <laughs> Yeah, he had some kind of like disorder where he, you know, was getting all this attention from all these pretend ailments. The dating funny, the dating stories are so funny because everybody can relate to them. Anybody that's done internet dating is like, oh yeah, there's some whack jobs out there. Oh, I know. I've been in that pool before. Um, It's terrible. I'm on my second marriage. So there was a big gap between, you know, my divorce from the first one all the way up into marrying again. And, um, you know, I was in that pool, you know, swimming yes. around with the plenty of fish and whatnot. <laughs> and um, I've been hosed many times by um, Internet dating because um, like, this this is what I was saying to you earlier. I mean, with the adaptation of, you know, social media and everything, it doesn't leave a lot of room for people to be real with themselves and real with other people. So they didn't say that, hey, this is me before I had my three kids or, hey, this is my. <laughs> hey, this is me 20 years ago. Yeah, this is me in high school getting ready to graduate, you know, so <laughs> I, I got hosed a couple times. <laughs> I know you should write a book about that. I mean, dating failures are so funny as long as nobody's murdered. Yeah, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. Never, never murdered anyone or been murdered as evident that, as you hear me speak. That's today. good. <laughs> You made it out alive. Yeah, I had some close ones, but I made it out alive. <laughs> That's good. But um, out of all the things that you uh, you got your hands in, you're doing comedy, you're um, writing um, books, you're doing screenwriting and everything. Mm-hmm. What, what came first? What was the first passion that, you know, your earliest memory would wanted you to pursue? Well, I was... um. I was a corporate trainer for like 15 years. I worked in the, um, I was a headhunter, like a recruiter. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, um, for this giant company. And so then later in my career became a corporate trainer, like a sales trainer basically. And it was awesome. And then, um, like you, I, um, my husband, my ex-husband and I were together for 13 years and we got divorced when my daughter was three and I was divorced for three or four years. And then I got remarried. And when I got remarried, my husband had three children and I had one. So we had four together and they were like 12, 10, eight and six. And, um, you know, there, I was traveling 50% of the time. And so my, my husband and I were, you know, came to agreement that I would, you know, sit out for a couple of years and I was terrible at that. I'm not, I'm a good mom. I'm just not a good stay at home mom. And I really admire anyone that can do that and really has, you know, passion for it and they love it. But I'm a better mom when I have something of my own going on. Yeah. And so, um, the first thing I did is I auditioned. I, um, in Atlanta, we have these, um, North Point Ministries has, uh, like, six mega churches in town. There's one right up the <laughs> yeah. street from me. And I, I, I attend there and I love it. And so I tried out for the um, kids program. They have every single week, two or 300, just second and third graders in my group. And I'm an actor there. And it's so fun. Like 
literally one week on Moses, you know, one week I'm a donkey. Like you never know, you know, it's just like (laughs) these funny plays and I really enjoyed it. So then I asked who writes these plays because you know, that's what they are. These little mini plays. And they're like, Oh, we do, you know, the directors or whatever. But if you want to submit a writing sample, submit a writing sample. And so I did. So then I started writing for them and, um, you know, that was really fun. And that kind of gave me the bug to start writing. Then I did a, um, a girl's trip. A bunch of us went on a trip and there about half of us were, um, we were divided. Like half of the women were stay at home moms and half of the women were, were working moms. And, um, with enough alcohol, kind of the truth started coming out of the perceptions of one group over the other group. And, but it was funny. It was said in a funny way. And so my, one of my girlfriends and I were like, this would make such a funny movie. You know, all these like stereotypical uh, thoughts that people have about, you know, the different groups. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we started writing a screenplay together and then she got this giant job at Coke. Uh, she was already, uh, she already had a big job and then she got a bigger job and she's like, I can't write this anymore. So I started over kind of a similar storyline and uh, found a mentor that had vetted films for Disney. His name's Rodney Henson. And he and I worked together for three years. And so he would, he wouldn't really give me any content advice. He would just kind of structurally keep me sound like, Hey, this can't happen on this page or, you know, whatever. And he had a real job. So the exchange was really, really slow. But anyway, so when it was done, he handed me over to his entertainment attorney in, um, in LA. And the guy was like, I know who you are. I don't care how funny you are. You know, you don't have any money. You don't know anyone and you're no one. He's like, I'm not going to represent you for the screenplay. And I was like, well, that makes me really fucking sad. And, um, excuse my language. And he started laughing and he said, call me back tomorrow. I'm going to give you some free advice. And I said, okay. So I called him back and he said, you can't just waltz into Hollywood you know, not have anything. He's like, you need to write a book and you need to get a lot of press about it. You need to, you know, write a blog, but you you need to be searchable on the internet. And literally in my mind, this book came to my mind. It, It was the book of failures. And I was like, I have had a lot of failures. And so, um, you know, within the next year I had, had written the book and gone on a tour and the tour was called why I shared my most mortifying moments and why you should too. (laughs) And it was all about, you know, being authentic. Like I'd read the funny stories and it was kind of like a social experiment. It was really fun. And then, um, you're not going to believe this, but like all this good stuff. I mean, I worked really, really hard. It's not like I wrote a book and it, and it, it, it's like you have to constantly promote the book and Amazon advertising services is like kind of complicated. So you have to understand that to advertise your book on Amazon, but whatever. So I worked at that really hard for a year and you're not going to believe this, but like, I landed a um, role on a talk show host um, in Atlanta. It's called Atlanta and Company. So I'm on there like almost every other Tuesday. Super fun, super fun group. And then um, from that, I got picked up like on some other local TV shows. And then uh, Sam Jurgens, that filmmaker I was telling you about, he saw me and he's like, hey, will you be in my film? And his, you know, his film, The Interviewers, just won Best Comedy at the, in the Nashville Film Festival, the Franklin uh, Independent Film Festival. And um, just like all this stuff came out of it. And the best thing that came out of it, which was my goal, was I attracted an executive producer that used to work for DreamWorks. Her name is uh, Suzanne Jerva and she owns her own uh, independent film company now. And she's uh, signed on and has uh, investors for my film. Sweet. That's, Isn't that crazy? Yes. It was like, I was sitting there like seeing how you strung the story along. Just like you went from one beat to the next. And I was sitting there, I was like, in my head, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen next? 
<laughs> and then what happened? And then what happened? So it's been fun. So it's like never give up on your dream. You know, someone so I could have been offended when that attorney's like, "You're nobody." I could have gotten mad, but you know what? He's been an entertainment attorney for thirty years, and I thought, you know, he's just giving me advice. I mean, maybe, maybe, and I totally agree with him. Like, I'm in such a better position now to attract good talent to the film or to attract great investors to the film or whatever. Um, just because all the stuff I've done for the previous year. So, um, you know, people that are trying to get into, into something creative every, you know, celebrate even the little things, celebrate every step of the way. Cause you never know what it's going to lead to. Yeah. And he could have been less of a dick about it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he can be whatever he wants because he's, you know, who he is. He's actually a really nice guy and has helped me immensely. And he's my attorney for this, my project. So, so he is a nice person, but you're right. It was kind of it, it, the way. Yeah, it yeah. was. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to sugarcoat that. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you get into it with anybody. It's like, it's not what you said. It's how you said it. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's he's very abrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mean, that's all right. Yeah, I mean, it, it works for some people. I mean, it, good on you for having that thick skin and was wouldn't like oh fucking ball up in the corner and do all the women stereotypes where you watch sad movies and eat bonbons and shit like that. <laughs> no, I was like, you want a book? You want press releases? You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> And in one year, I was like all over the place. I was like on covers of magazines, on NPR, like, you know, all this crazy stuff. It was nuts. Sweet. Yeah. Um, The second book, you said it's a collective of, uh, you know, different people's experiences and everything. And Mm -hmm. the first book was uh, just pretty much a collection of your own personal experiences. Yes, it was my own funny uh, memoir. Mm -hmm. Now, between the two, you know, writing them both or whatever, I mean, what what was the degree of difficulty, you know, writing for yourself and then trying to compile everyone else's things and making it, you know, kind of like your own project? Okay, that is a great question. And this was pointed out to me in like very early um you know, when you write a book, you have a content editor. So that person is, you know, looking like, no, you know, you might write 60,000 words and you end up with a 40,000 word, you know, you cut a lot of stuff or they want to make adjustments. And this was such a good point. So I had to go back and visit with a lot of people that submitted the stories. Like when I read a story. Quick reminder, holiday season coming up, get you some quality headphones with that 15% added right on top. Well, actually it'd be subtracted from the price in the checkout if you use promo code rob15 that's r-o-b 15 so remember that i just wanted to remind you christmas coming up get you some quality headphones for the low low as a comedian i'm looking at everything like is somebody wearing like is their fly open or you know are you at a funeral and they have a tie with fish on it like you know you're just looking for the weird and the funny but when you when someone tells you a story or they email you the bullet points of a story you miss that like yeah. you, like you like it's like stand-up comedy. You can't tell a long story and then hit a punchline. You have to have little little funny things throughout. Think of a Kevin Hart. You know, the story might last 10 minutes, but he's made you laugh 27 times getting from point A to point B. So it's the same same formula for a book. You got to have, you know, people laughing all the way, not just for the punchline. And so um, that was such a good point because when it was from my point of view, I had all the little nuances of everything that was going on. But when somebody else told me a story, 
um, that's not ha- that didn't happen. And so it, it came up, you know, at first I was like, what's going on here? But then, you know, she figured it out. So all, all I had to do is go back and be like, what was the person wearing? How old were you? What kind of pet was it? You know, what kind of dog was it? Um, because the more, um, specific you are in a story, the funnier it is. Yeah. You got to have mm-hmm. a lot of um, points into when you're telling the story that you can call back on and everything. Right. And, um, in <laughs> like me personally, if I'm trying to get, it just depends. If I'm trying to get information, I just want the facts. So I'm like, you can cut up all that bullshit to where like, oh, the sky was blue. It was a dreary day. Um, I had a flannel shirt on. I don't need to know all that shit because it's irrelevant to what the fuck I'm trying to find out right now. But <laughs> right. but like um, in that instance, you know, I can remember a particular story to where I went home when I was still in the military. I went home on leave. Um, I have friends that I went to school with. And, you know, every time I come home, you know, as sparse as it was, I would try to find everybody and, you know, get us all together and, you know, hang out with the limited time that I had to be home. And um, it was one particular Christmas. I went home and I was like, hey, man, we need to go find such and such. And uh, we all need to hang out. And he was like, well, friend A and friend B aren't talking right now. They had a falling out over some shit or whatever. And I was like, hey, man, that really doesn't matter because I barely get to come home. I barely get to see y'all. So y'all can suck this shit up for one night and we gonna all hang out. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> we all go to the party. And um, a lot of people I've never seen before, people that I've known for many of years. And we all in there, we're drinking. I'm like one of the only sober ones there because I drove a group of friends there. And I didn't want to be toe up and trying to drive people home. And it's just, you know, chaos. They're playing cards over here. They're playing video games on the big TV over there. And um, people drinking in the kitchen, you know. People getting me up to speed because I've been away for so long. Oh, yeah, this happened. This happened. This happened. So I was like, what's the story between A and B? Why they beefing? What's up with them? So A loaned B money and uh, B was being a dick about giving A the money back and, you know, that type of thing. And they fell out about it. But for this one night since I was there, they, you know, they shook hands. They gave each other like the nod and like, I'm going to stay over here. You stay over there. We cool. So at some, at some point B had, um, another friend C and, um, B and C, um, had a a weird relationship to where, you know, they would argue all the time, but that's just how they were. But a didn't know that about B and C. So a stepped into, you know, to take the side of B why B and C was arguing and B got offended by that <laughs> because and then it went downhill from there. Yeah. It went downhill from there. At some point in the night, C spilled a drink on the floor in a B's house. And a was like, Hey man, this dude let you in his house. Blah, 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 blah. You know, can you take care of your shit? And yada, yada, yada. B got in there. like, Hey man, don't talk to him like that. This is my place. Yada, yada, yada. Cause B always has been treated like the little brother because he is a little brother to another friend. And we all treated him that way. And now he's a man. He got his own shit. Blah, 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 blah. So he took offense all around. Plus alcohol is involved. Damn. So A and B get back into it. C is trying to step in for with B against a and you know it's alphabet soup right now <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom scene yeah so 
uh, we'll call the lady D because she's the um, girlfriend to B. Who's, <laughs> Are you an engineer? Like, I can't keep all of this straight. No, nah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying not to name names, but I named names when I told the story before, so I don't know why it really matter. <laughs> but um, You know who you are out there. Yeah, so she got mad at B and B and D arguing. I brought my friend E over who rode with us and he's like friends with D as well. And he in the back making sure B ain't putting his hands on D and C. And everybody is effed. Yeah, exactly. And C and A are just arguing back and forth still while the drink is still splattered all over the floor. So I was like, fuck this. We're going to leave. I grab A. Uh, e is in the back with D and B and they still arguing. We get outside. I'm talking with A. I was like, hey, man, don't worry about it. You know, y'all make up. Yeah, y'all make up later. You know, friends of friends and blah, 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 blah. So D get mad at B, kick him smooth the fuck out. So now B is in the house kicking trash cans over, throwing shit around. And damn, they have this big ass flat screen TV and I'm an electronics guy. So I see him stare at the TV. I see him stare at me. He make a beeline for the TV. I jump in front of the TV. I'm like, no, come on, B, don't do that. <laughs> And so uh-huh. he, he kind of calmed down and gave me a pass and D is in the background screaming, get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house. And, and that was just a Tuesday night. Yeah. And then B <laughs> sees A. He's like, all this shit is because of you. And he pushed through me and I fall on A and we roll down the steps and tumble in the grass and now they're in the street fighting. <laughs> oh my gosh. So break them up. B go back in the house or whatever. And then A is sorely sorely uh just pissed off and everything and a makes a beeline back into the house you know while b has his back turned cocks back to daggone punch him in back of the head and he slips on c's drink that he failed to wipe up earlier and hits the ground and they tumbling all over the floor and (laughs) it's just fucking madhouse and then you went back out of town and they had to deal with it after you left exactly i took them all home and i left the next day and (laughs) there that was that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I call this story alphabet soup. <laughs> that's a good. That's right. I don't even know how I even pulled that up. I'll just get on a rant and this shit just happens sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst when friends break up. We had a big friend group going all the way, all the way back from high school. And one of the people had um, some really bad behavior. And um, but I was the only one that lived here that saw the bad behavior firsthand. Yeah. And so it was like, come on, like you're a mom. This is a small town. Like, you know, what are you doing? And um, but everybody else, you know, lived out of town. And so her, you know, the, the you know, the indiscrepancy or indiscretion rather wasn't as offensive to them. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it ended up breaking up our whole our whole posse. No, I know you can't have any posses breaking up. Yeah, I broke up where we are broken up. <laughs> Oh well. But um with your I'm I'm looking at uh, some of your pictures here. You like to get up in these little inflatable suits, huh? Oh my gosh, that's my acting gig. And so it's so fun. You're probably looking at I love those. They look like the sumo wrestler suits. Yeah. <laughs> yes, or they have one that's a minion and so they have um it's so funny for Halloween, you know, it's a perk of being an actor is you get access to the um prop room. Oh yeah. And so they have all kinds of stuff and stuff in there that you can borrow. It's kind of fun. Like, 
what is uh, the inspiration for some of your comedy? Because I'm I'm looking at some of your pictures and like uh, I see a little bit of your humor through all this in here, like with the tissue on the shoes and whatnot, and the dress being bunched up yeah. in the back. <laughs> oh yeah, my the back of the um, book is my underwear or my you know dress tucked into my underwear, which has happened to every woman. Every woman has at some point tucked her dress into her underwear or in my case spanks, but you know what I'm saying? Um, mainly, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm a very clean comic. Um, and I think you have to be smarter to be cleaner. I think sometimes a a great, um, F bomb is really funny if it's well-placed, but not just leaning on it. You know, I don't think that's just funny when people get up there, but anyway, um, teach his own, but I, I mainly talk about, you know, uh, people that, stuff that people can relate to, you know, just like we were talking about, like how ridiculous Facebook is and how, how fake it is. And, you know, I do this bit about, you know, if something sad, you know, I'll put like a sad face or if they, you know, have some kind of broken bone, I'll put like, yikes. And then if they have, you know, something really horrible going on, I'm, I'm like, um, I'll pray for you. Sometimes I do pray for them and sometimes I don't, you know, just like, <laughs> um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm married and, you know, talk about relationships and just everything, everything to do with like marriage, relationships, sex, you know, friendships, um, you know, kids, how crazy kids are. And it's just, it's, it's been really fun. I mean, you, they say, right. What, you know, right. That's, yeah. that's why, um, you know, I love, um, comedians that talk about their, their families, like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld or Kevin Hart or, you know, Paula Bouncer, like I think, or Eddie Murphy, like the greatest comedians in the world. They, they talk about growing up and the, and the craziness of that. And a lot of it is, um, from sadness, right? They had really traumatic childhoods and that's the way they survived is, um, is their comedy. And so I I really relate to that, that so much because I came from a really, really wonky family. Yeah. And I mean, laughter is the best medicine. It is. And people take themselves so seriously and, um, it's really sad. You know, it's, um, I mean, I, I think it's so funny because my first content editor, I, I, um, ended up not using hardly any of her notes because she, anything can be funny. A funeral can be funny. It's Mm -hmm. not appropriate to talk about at the time. Yeah, but it's funny later or a horrific dating experience where you were almost murdered mm-hmm. is not funny at the time, but years later, it really is a hilarious story. That's what makes a great story when it's like, you know, you are, you know, you're on like the brink of death or, you know, whatever, like a vacation gone bad or a relationship gone bad. And she could not see that. Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh my gosh, that's dangerous. That she could have been killed. And I was like, but she wasn't killed. And, um, there's one story in there that, you know, it, it isn't comedy sometimes is insensitive. Um, you know, one of my, one of my girlfriends, it was her 50th wedding anniversary and she was going, she was at this giant party. Her husband was throwing her a giant party and she was going to get her haircut. And she went in like 20 minutes early cause she had a lot to do between the haircut and the party. And so she went in 20 minutes early, hoping she could get in. She sat there for 20 minutes and then another 20 minutes. So now she's running, you know, 20 minutes late as far as the, as far as the appointment goes. So she grabs one of the stylists and she's like, Hey, what's, what's going on? Where's, you know, June or Judy or whoever her stylist is. And they're like, 
hold on a second. So the manager comes out and she's like, I'm sorry, she's not in today. And she's like, Oh, Oh, why didn't you know what's happening? Like it's my 50th birthday and the clock is ticking. I got to get my hair done. You know, where is she? And, and the woman said, um, you know, she's not here. And she's like, well, why didn't anyone call me and change the appointment? And she's like, cause she died. And, um, so my girlfriend's like, Oh my gosh, that's so terrible. But I'm not trying to be rude, but still, why didn't you change the appointment? And the woman said, because she just died like an hour ago. And so my girlfriend's like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. I will send flowers. I'm going to go to the service. That is terrible. She was such a wonderful person. But is there anyone here that can do an updo? (laughs) And the content editor's like, what a horrible woman. No wonder she wouldn't use her real name. What a horrible person. And I was like, it wasn't funny at the time, but you know, years later, it is a funny story. Yeah, It's, you know, it is. And so if somebody's easily offended, they're, they're not going to like my book because I, I think that, um, almost anything is funny, you know, given enough, given enough time. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that situation was very funny, not in the moment, but I was like, no, of course I mean, not. she didn't think it was funny in the moment either. But then looking back, she was like laughing at herself, like, oh my gosh, I, I, you know, that was so insensitive of me and blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know, is there anyone here to, that could just do an up to, I mean, it, it is funny. Yeah. I mean, and that's just logically thinking is just like, okay, um, I still need to get this done. Exactly. Sad, sad I still this, need to get this done. Sad that this person is dead, but I mean, it y'all is. still here. The store is still open. Y'all still conduct a business. I need to get this shit done. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but some people cannot, um, they, they just don't think anything's funny. So it's so, it's so weird when people buy funny memoirs and then they, and then they read the whole thing and they pick it apart, you know, and I'm so lucky that I have like 200, you know, great reviews, but there's always the, the people are just like, you know, I'm like, if you didn't like the first chapter, why did you keep reading it? Like you're allowed to read 20% for free on Amazon. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I think they just get it so they can be mean to you, Yeah. but I'm kind of like, I just feel sorry for them. I'm not mad anymore. I'm just like, eh, oh, well, like you must be a miserable person if you can't laugh at some of these stories that are funny you know yeah i, I, I kind of go through something similar with uh wrestling fans because I, I love professional wrestling but the the fan base is like the best and the worst at the same time it's just like oh because they're probably so passionate about it yeah and some people yeah. just don't know what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah because like they'll have people I, i've seen this firsthand they'll have people that would pay money to go see a person that they say they vehemently hate. It's like they hate seeing them on TV. They hate goddamn, you know, their wrestling style. They hate this and that and everything. But these are the same people that are wearing the same shirt that they <laughs> that they hate this person so damn much. And I, I know what's the saying. There's this great saying. I'm gonna mess it up, but it's something like, you know hate me once you know you hate me but um hate me twice you're a fan bitch <laughs> Duh, yeah <laughs> somebody sent me that I, I like i can dig that but yeah uh, like why are you still following me if you hate me i don't understand yeah and then it was like i seen them hollering and just like at the top of their lungs you suck yeah and then that person wins and it's like yeah you did it i was like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> I know people need more in their lives. Mm, 
I don't know about more wrestling. I think I'm, <laughs> Maybe less wrestling. There you go. Or something else. This coming from a person that does a wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, There's a lot of pain in the world. You know, that's what it is, really, is there is a lot of pain and suffering in the world. One woman's like, how could you write a book that's like, you know, it's so light. It's such a light book just about, you know, these these things that aren't really important, you know, fights with your husband or bad first dates or when, you know, people are starving or people are this or, and you know, my answer to that is you cannot live in crisis zone all the time. Mm -hmm. You cannot save the world 24 hours a day. You need a break. You need to take a break from your own life or, you know, from whatever you're doing, if you're doing something serious and and enjoy life for a few minutes. Like that doesn't make you a bad person because you take a break for a few minutes. It actually kind of, you know, renews your soul. So I disagree with that. I disagree that, you know, funny movies are, are not worth it. Or, you know, if it's not of a serious nature, I mean, I like, I like both types of entertainment, but I think you need both. Yeah. And that's uh, the people that take the word as gospel is the ones with the problems is it's like just because you don't like a particular thing doesn't mean everybody else doesn't have to like the thing that you don't like as well I know and I would never in a million years I mean I'm an avid reader and I watch a lot of movies and um you know I like some stuff and some stuff I don't care for and I I really just try to promote the stuff that I love and then the stuff that I don't like I'm kind of like that's not for me but I would never share that with someone or give them a bad review never I'm like I admire somebody you know, in a creative sense that they put themselves out there and and they're following a passion and whatever that is, I admire them for doing that regardless if I like their content. Yeah. I, I still admire them for doing it. So I just, I don't know. I see it differently than a lot of people. Yeah. It, it goes to say like um, with music as well, I, I have this same conversation over and over again is like, not too long ago with, you know, this new wave of uh, rap music that they have, you know, a lot of it is just like, you know, people mumbling, they call it mumble rap. And um, I was on that side of the fence to where like all this shit is garbage. None of this makes stuff. It's not like the old things that I used to listen to, you know, that type of thing or whatever. Right. But, um, you know, every now and then one of those people that are classified in that genre will make something decent that I actually like. So, I was over here a little while ago saying that like I hate all this shit but I like this shit which is the same as all the things that I hate so do I really <laughs> hate it or I'm just that person that's like I hate it all just because it's not what I'm used to or whatever the case may be so you know slowly I started to change the way I think about things and I think it's just me getting older and I was just <laughs> like I have never ever produced a lick of music any any form of fashion rap country or anything like that i have mm -hmm. never sat in a studio and recorded a lick of music i have never sat down and wrote words to music or anything like that i have never did anything with inside that craft so who the fuck am i to say that this person that actually puts in time and does all the things that i just mentioned and you know is garbage you know because they apparently whatever their level of uh, creativity is, you know, whether it's on top notch or subpar, is better than what I can do because I'm not doing anything, you know? <laughs> right, but doesn't mean you have to listen to it or like it. Yeah, exactly. But like you said, you can appreciate it. Like, okay, well, you know, they're they're doing that and they're putting themselves out there, but doesn't mean you have to like it. Yeah, and then and another thing with that is, is like you can won't find the things 
that you may like if you don't give it a try. So, I mean, you got to listen to, you know, all right, I didn't like this other song that he had, but I'll listen to the rest of the album. Maybe he has one thing I can like. So I just try to go pick through and find the things that I actually like. I can't really name any rappers, but, you know, I live in Atlanta, which is like hip hop central. And my kids, all of them love rap. (laughs) <laughs> and so I've grown like at first I hated it, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, that's real poetry. <laughs> yeah, some of like it. some of them I'm like, that's really, that's, that's amazing. You know? Um, so some of it, it just had to grow on me. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's just like, I won't ever say that somebody's, uh, music or whatever is trash or garbage or nothing like that. I'll, I'll be like, well, I don't really like it because of this. I'll give, you know, honest criticism, but I'm never going to say that like, hey, oh, you should freaking kill yourself and damn not make music again because people say shit like that. I don't understand. Oh, I know. I've received mail like that. Like, I hate you. I hate your family. And it's like, really? You know, but I just, you know, pay him no mind. You pay him no mind. Yeah, exactly. Everybody is entitled to their opinion where they really are. They, they, if you know, whatever they, they took, they bought it. I, I'm just kind of like, why don't you just return it? But, um, luckily most people have great reviews and they're like, I feel like I suck less now as a mom and as a wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes. Just take all them lemons and make the lemonade and maybe add a little vodka. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, criticize me or be mean to me. You will be the ugliest dog in my movie coming up ever. I will name a freaking ugly dog after you. So, you know, be careful pissing off a writer, right? <laughs> we will kill you off. Exactly. So, I mean, what's next? What What do you see for you here in the future? And probably in the, I like to ask people who do things creatively, whether it be music, uh, writing books or, you know, anything, where do you see yourself in the next two years or where would you like to be in the next two years as far as your career is? Sure. Um, I have some exciting things coming up. I think I was sharing with you that I did get a movie deal. So that's being filmed in Atlanta and uh, New York city this time next year. So fall 2019. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of my buddies is a filmmaker, the, the one that I was in the film, and um, he read my film just kind of cr- to critique it and like my writing style. And so we are working starting in February on two uh, collaborative uh, projects. And so really, that's all I want to do. That's my goal is I just I love writing, especially comedy. I love dialogue. And um, so I just want to earn the right to earn a living in that field in any capacity. And so, I'm, you know, I mean, this week I'm launching my book, as, as we talked about, uh, We're All a Mess, It's Okay by Amy Lyle, available on Amazon, um, is coming out. And then again, the movie, you know, will be filmed next fall. I'm not sure when that comes out. But um, I just want to continue to to get the privilege to write. Yeah. I, yeah. Boom. That's, that's like awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And I pick up, you know, acting jobs here and there. And and that's really fun. I mean, I'm not, you know, a trained actor, but, um, it's really fun. You know, I, I will, I, I will do, um, you know, I'll be an extra, like, I don't care. I just like to be around creative people and I always learn, um, a lot. And I found that if you like anything in life, if you go and you show up on time and you're polite and you know, your lines and you ask questions and you're helpful that lo and behold, people invite you back and they're like, Hey, Amy, do you want to be in this project? Like that's how it works. And, um, these people that act like divas, I'm like, why would anyone ever hire them? I just don't get it. But, 
um, I, I find that if you just work really hard and you're polite and you do what you're supposed to do, that good things, um, happen. Yeah. Yeah. And like this. Thank you for having was, me on your show, Rob. You, 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 you in my brain. I was just about to say that. I was like, good things like this happen. You, that's right. <laughs> good things like this happen. And you never know what that's going to lead to. You never know what heartstrings that pulls at somebody and they're like, Oh, I'm interested in that or, you know, whatever. So it's, um, I love podcasts. It's a mutual thing, right? Like yeah. I get to promote my stuff and, and you get guests and it's like, ah, and we're yeah. both, you know, can be in our pajamas because exactly. you can do it from home. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's what I say to everybody, you know, when they come on the show, this is only my show in a sense to, I pay the monthly bill and I edit and I put it out there and promote. That's the only reason that is mine. Cause I do majority of the work, but everybody's here for the guests. I mean, I'm, I'm here for you and everybody that listens to the show is here for you as well. So, I mean, I'm just intrigued by all the stories and stuff that I get a kick out of people talking. You know, I like, to I listen. know I'm the same way. I love to hear people's story and everybody has a good story. And you know, sometimes you don't get it out of them right away, but if you get to know them enough, they, they have a good story and I'm addicted to podcasts. I do not, I'm not at my car or walking my dogs or making breakfast or going to bed without listening to a podcast. And, um, I love him. I love him. And if I like somebody's podcast, like, you know, I was listening to, obviously before I was on your show, I was listening to your podcast. That's why I reached out to you. Can I be on your podcast? And, um, you know, if I like somebody's podcast, what happens is I listen to all of them Oh shit! because I just like the person's voice and I like their style. And so as a guest you get, and I think a lot of people are like that. And so as a guest, you get the residual of that. Like you could be on somebody's podcast and then a year later, your book sales spike because all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that podcast grew. And so more people are, are, are listening to all their podcasts. And so it's such a great, um, it's such a great tool to get your name out there. Yeah. And I, I hope the best for everybody that has ever been on this show is a hundred and 45 episodes counting this one now and oh wow so i mean i've had a lot of people come through that uh imaginary internet door and uh sit with me and everything so i just wish the best for you and everybody else well thank you rob i enjoyed being on the show i hope i can be on your show again maybe when my movie comes out we can movie i'll know more about movies then i don't know very much now but um we could have we could have a movie talk maybe when it Ooh. premieres or something. Ooh, then we can brainstorm your next book, uh, my mini movie fails. Uh, yes. See, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I mean, we're gonna wind it down right here. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you reaching out to me and everything. And before you go, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and uh, kind of reiterate some of those things that you got coming up. Okay, sure. Um, my current book, The Book of Failures by Amy Lyle is available on Amazon. And this Thursday, my second book, We're All a Mess, It's Okay, is coming out um, on Amazon as well. And people can reach out to me if they have a funny failure. I'd love to hear it. They can reach out to me at www.amylyle.me. And Lyle is L-Y-L-E. And then my social media, Instagram is author, Amy Lyle. Twitter and Facebook are both Amy Lyle. Which I just followed you on Instagram. Thank you. I'll follow you back. Yeah, you get to watch me, <laughs> you get to watch me walk around Walmart and act silly. I love it. I love Walmart. We have Walmart Walmart right down the... It's good people watching in Walmart. 
yeah, I, I, I made sure I bought a house that was less than a mile away from Walmart. And the orange juice is a dollar cheaper. Yes, I just got it. It really is. I mean, we I love Publix, and my husband's a big Publix, you know, like, he loves a certain kind of organic chicken. I don't know. But anyway, but really, your milk and your orange juice and your cereal, it's like a dollar cheaper at Walmart. It, and you just have to go in the, you just have to go into off time when it's not busy. Yeah, I just, I, I you, we could have a whole show about that, Rob, like yeah. how to <laughs> maximize your local Walmart. I don't even know why I don't have a Walmart podcast since I, I live in that motherfucker, basically. <laughs> you should do a, a podcast from Walmart because the crazy people that come through there are really funny. Oh, I mean, I, I have a little um, side show on the Lemur app where I, sometimes I, I go into Walmart and I do a podcast while I'm walking around. <laughs> You're like, sir, why do you need a shotgun and a very large cooler? Why? Hey, what I, are you doing? What do you have planned? <laughs> Walmart is a magical place. On any random day, I can go in there and get weed killer, some diapers, and meet Ric Flair in the electronics Exactly. <laughs> Which actually happened. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's awesome. I might even recognize Ric Flair. That's from back in the day. Mm-hmm. My favorite wrestler, of course, is The Rock. He's so hot. Yeah, and he makes like one bajillion movies. <laughs> I know. He's really funny, though. I think he's really talented. Yeah. It, I smell what The Rock is cooking. <laughs> but once again, thank you for your time. I wish you nothing but the best. And, you know, the door is always open for you to come right back on in and we can uh, discuss more Walmart and other epic failures. <laughs> I love it. And make sure you send me all the links so I can post them everywhere. For sure. And that was the amazing Amy Lyle. Um, we talk about a wealth of things. And I'm not going to lie to you right now. Uh, it is early, early Monday morning. Um, <laughs> what it was, Saturday, November 10th was the Marine Corps birthday. Shout out to all my current and former Marines. And um, I got so freaking drunk <laughs> for my birthday, my Marine Corps birthday. And um, all day Veterans Day, which was Sunday, um, I was in recovery. So I didn't tweet. I didn't Instagram. I didn't even edit this episode. So, <laughs> man, my head is all out of sorts right now. The kids still had to go to school today, so I'm up but early, <laughs> chugging water. Just my head is all in disarray. But I thought I'd just share that tidbit of info with you in case anybody was looking for the episode on Sunday. But yeah, it's what it is. Um, you know, I, I got to hear a lot of interesting things from Amy. And, um, you know, when you hear stories like um, the one she told about the guy was like, you ain't did shit. You need to go do some shit and come back to me. <laughs> you know, uh, although, like I said, he could have been a little more subtle. Um, but, uh, you know, she took what she was given and uh, came back uh, stronger. And, uh, you know, now she's doing big things. And I legitimately wish her the best of luck and everything she got coming up and whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> hope you enjoyed the interview um let me go ahead and get these plugs on out of the way and uh we can prep and reset and prepare to try to get ready for what's coming next i've recorded two new episodes of wrestling is trash uh, be looking for those this week and um i got more interviews lined up for the rest of november and uh, i hope you enjoy them really do you can find me on twitter at it's B Rob. That's I T S B R O B. Uh, 
If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. The show has its own Twitter. You can follow it on Twitter at 3RShow. And if you've been trendy, you should also be following it at 3RShow2. That's T-O-O. You can go to randomrobcast.com to where you can find many different ways to help support the show and help it grow. You can uh, find Amazon links, get a free 30 day trial of uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, you can buy merchandise from the merch store, wehavemerch.com. You can find all that on randomrobcast.com. Also, you can become a patron like Brandon McIntyre, Glenn Abbott, King Ajar, Bob Hines, and Robert Cook. Help support the show you can do it as little as a dollar i would have did 50 cent but a dollar is as low as i can go and you get all kinds of cool perks to come with that i mean you get a uh, full-length unedited audio which um i think episodes three five six seven and pretty soon eight and nine of wrestling this trash is um all up there on the patreon account all unedited so you're getting like maybe an hour, 15 minutes, hour 30 of the actual show that's published to everyone else. But on the Patreon feed, you get like almost two and a half hours of content because we bullshit at least 30, 40 minutes before we actually start recording. <laughs> so that's some uh, secret shit for you. But other than supporting the show monetarily and giving your hard earned cash, I know everybody can't afford that luxury the best way you can support this show and any other podcast you listen to the free way i might add is to like subscribe retweet share your favorite podcast with everyone even though this probably isn't your favorite it's one of the ones you listen to but hey i appreciate the shares and the likes (laughs) um write reviews those are very important five stars preferably but if you have anything four and below leave some uh constructive criticism and you can follow me on Instagram while I walk the hollow halls of Walmart, which I haven't been doing lately because I've been in bed recovering. <laughs> and you can listen to some behind the scenes content for all the shows on the Lemur app for Android and Apple devices. Don't forget our sponsors, Hooks, Rose and Spices and Studio headphones. Go to studio.com, get 15% off your order with promo code rob 15 and you can get 10 percent off your order if you go to etsy.com and search for hooks rubs and spices you get 10 percent off using promo code 3r show so yeah got all that up out of the way the top secret leak for the foot is elon musk is Indrid Cold. And I'll see y'all next time.